Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Forward Church. Listen, I'm so glad you tuned in to today's podcast. I hope it challenges you and inspires you to go after God and be all that God's called you to be. Enjoy today's message. I'm not going to preach this whole message this morning. You don't have to say amen. I want to get it started. I want to get it started. It's going to be a series on counter-cultural living. After I sent all the notes to the executive pastor, I went back to work because there's still more to be found. How many know that you can read it and read it and read it and you can go back to it and there'll be something new in it when you go back? Because his word is fresh and it's faithful and it's true every morning. Just a little insight from God's word. So I found some things that I want to add to the message. And the only one that we're going to cover this morning in regards to the question, how do I live a counter-cultural lifestyle when the world says compromise? The one that we're going to look at this morning is going to be this. Following Christ when you don't understand. (laughs) Talk about deflating the ego. Following Christ when you don't understand. Next week, we're going to talk about obeying Christ when it's against your will. (laughs) Hmm. Our role model next Sunday, of course, will be Jesus. And you know what he said in the garden. Come on, church. And then the third Sunday, we're going to look at when you become a counter-cultural Christian, you walk by faith when you can't see. Come on, church. Those are all biblical principles that you and I are called to live by. This morning, and oh, by the way, I'll go ahead and brace you, and most of you will go, I kind of expected that. I located athletes who did it at the college level, and I'll talk about that at the end of the message. What does that mean? They followed Christ at the highest level, not JUCO, not Division Three, not Division Two, II, Division One, and they were starters. And they all are still living for Christ. So it can be done. Not just men and women in the Bible, but men and women who are all around us, who've been in the culture and now know that there's no need to compromise just to be accepted. Good preaching, Pastor. So I went back and I found this book by Francis Schaeffer, and it's entitled, How Should We Then Live? He wrote this in 1976. For those of you that go back that far, thank you, and that wonderful era. But when I began to look into this book over the weekend, I thought he just finished. Because you're going to hear some things that are happening now that were happening then. I also Googled with the help of the Holy Spirit, one of the great singers who's home now with the Lord, Keith Green, and he wrote a song entitled, So You Want to Go Back to Egypt. It's amazing how we want to go back to old habits and old ways. Hmm. In the title of the book, he gives to us this insight The Rise and Decline of Western Thought 
and culture. Robin and I were having our devotions this morning, and I asked her, I said, let me read this statement to you. Oh, by the way, if you're a non-thinking Christian, for the next few moments, you're going to be very bored. But if you think about Christ and think about your faith, you're going to lock in and go, I think I need to listen to what the man of God is talking about, living counter to the culture that says this is the way it's supposed to be. Amen. So I asked her, I said, I'm going to read this statement. You tell me which one comes first. Here it is. The rise and decline of Western thought and culture. And I said, Robin, which one comes first? She said, that was easy. I said, that's the way I always was in the classroom. My goal was never to make it so difficult that they couldn't understand and pass. Hmm. It's a good insight right there. She said, obviously, Francis Schaeffer is saying, thought produces culture. No wonder Jesus said to his disciples, what think ye of Christ? It is dangerous not to be thinking in this culture because the enemy is sending traps and setting traps. And if you're not thinking, you are going to get trapped. One of the joys of coaching at the high school level in basketball was always to try to get the ball out of the middle of the court and force the ball to the sideline. And athletes that bought into that, they got, every time they got hooked up in a trap because that sideline becomes another defensive player. I'm not talking about sports. I'm talking about are you thinking about where you live and how you're living? Because if you're a non-thinking Christian, the traps that are going to come your way could be devastating. I experienced them back in the 70s because I did not want to hear this kind of a message. Francis Schaeffer long pondered the fate of declining Western culture. In this brilliant book that he's written, How Should We Then Live?, he analyzes reasons for modern society's state of affairs and presents these alternatives. Listen closely. There's only three. Number one, always live by Christian ethics. They have been wiped out at the university level. We used to teach ethics from grammar school all the way through higher education. Now, who's talking about ethics? Number two, Francis Schaeffer, a theologian, said, always accept God's revelation, the Bible. I used to argue and go against this. Guess who lost? And I cannot believe that being a sports fanatic that I would choose to lose when I could have won. Hello? See, next Sunday we're going to talk about obeying God when it's against our will. Number three, and then we're going to look at just one principle this morning wrapped around God's Word. Number three, total affirmation of the Bible's morals, values, and meaning. Let me say that again. Total affirmation. That means agreement, alignment with Bible morals, values, and meaning. Ladies and gentlemen, young people, you can kind of just go to the sideline for just a moment. We should leave this country better than what we found it. And I'm wondering, are we doing that? 
Are we preparing the next generation so that when they step into leadership, this country goes to the next level, not to the next devil? And there are many demons around. The theme verse for this morning's message is Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ. And then Paul goes on to say, and to die is gain. He was never thinking about suicide, since that's such a big thing in schools, in communities, even with adults. And I cannot tell you how many times, because I love to be so real and so practical. My father's grandfather, which would make him my great-grandfather, committed suicide. So I really don't have time for those who like to play around with that spirit. You better address it, and you better command it to leave in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody in here has life stories. Everybody in here has family members who did not align or adhere to the Word of God. But the quicker that you do, the happier you'll be. And for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So the only thing we're going to talk about for a few moments, and that I want to share with you, because maybe you're thinking, you know what, he's so rigid. He's so authoritative. There's no way anyone could live up to this. I have good news for you. The Bible is chalk-filled with people who lived up to this. And then I'm going to give you several athletes from this state who are still living this way. And they had anything and everything available to them. Hmm. And most of us here can only think about that. You've really not experienced that. But when you're at that level... Ladies and gentlemen, you better have a strong faith and you better know how to follow him even when you don't understand. (laughs) Hallelujah. I, I just want you to understand this morning that when you really set your heart to follow Jesus Christ, you're going to do some following when you do not have a clue what's going on. There are going to be times when you do not understand what God is doing, but because you love him, you follow him. All right, I'm about to teach, preach. You'll get to see which is which. In Matthew 16, 24, this is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen closely. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, how many like to chase him? I do. I love to chase Jesus. I love to see if I can find where he is and go after him. I love to run after Jesus. Listen to what he said. If anyone would come after me, here we go. You can slow your your rundown real quick. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. There is a requirement laid down by Jesus to follow him. It's something that none of us like to hear growing up, and we still don't like to hear it. For example, hopefully she doesn't listen to the message. I said, sweetheart, let's put a ceiling on what we're going to spend while you're down there. And don't go, hello? I'm so practical that it's dangerous. I looked up while we were having devotions last night. I said, is there not a ceiling on this house? She said, why do you do that? And I said, there should be a ceiling on what you're going to spend. 
Listen to me. We don't like to hear no. None of us. None of us. We don't want anyone to tell us no. The young girl says, I want to go out with you, and I really care about you. And so the guy's thinking all kinds of signals, all kinds of lights are coming on. What he doesn't understand is she's going to tell him no, and now he's furious. Come on, you want me to break that down for you? I can do it. If you didn't understand that, just go read the story of Mike Tyson. Everything was yes until they got back up into the hotel room. And the moment, maybe there's a young man that will listen. The moment the young lady by the name of Washington said no, he thought it was still a game on. Gentlemen, when a young lady tells you no, that's exactly what the court's going to honor. <laughs> but I don't understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I, was, I was young. <laughs> Ooh, it's serious in here. Uh-huh. Follow when you don't understand. That's a big-time biblical principle. So Jesus looks at his boys and he goes, so y'all want to come after me? The first thing I need for you to do is to learn to say no to yourself. And daily, take up what I'm going to take to the cross. Take your old nature every day and nail it to the cross. And then you're ready to follow me. David Platt put it this way. The road that leads to heaven is risky, lonely, and costly in this world. Do you see how people jump the ship? And few are willing to pay the price. Following Jesus involves losing your life and finding new life in him. Amen. And I wonder how many Christian educators are telling potential leaders who love Jesus, when you start following him, it's going to be risky. There's going to be times when you're going to be lonely, and it's going to be very costly in the culture that you're growing up in. And you will pay a price to follow Christ. <laughs> you remember, don't you adults, hearing this scot-free concept? Man, they got out scot-free. No way. No way. My dad used to say out of the book of Numbers, he used to say to me all the time, and if you think this is hot, you should have been around him. He used to say to me all the time, son, just remember, your sins will find you out. And you know what? I used to laugh in his face. And I used to disregard that scripture verse. But guess what? It all came home. That's why I go to the cross and get everything covered, everything buried every day. The other verse this morning, and then I've got some that I put on my phone that will not be on the screen. You can write these down. It's all about principle number one. Listen closely. Following him when you don't understand. That's what it means to live counter to the culture. Here's the, here's the verse, Proverbs 3, 5. Are you listening? Okay, pastor, how do I replace lack of understanding? What do I put in its place? Your answer, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Let's, let's flesh this out. Let's break it down. When you're living by your understanding, when I'm living by my understanding, we are not trusting the Lord. That's what that verse is saying. But when you are completely trusting the Lord with 
all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, you can put your understanding on the shelf. Because, listen, the Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. I could continue to sing, strength for today is mine always, and all that I need for tomorrow. The Lord knows the way. Not through the promised land, ladies and gentlemen, through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. I want to invite you this morning to follow Jesus Christ. Follow Jesus Christ. I promise you it will not always jive and jive with the culture. Here we go, these verses, and then we're going to tell the stories. And we come to the finish line. Pastor, can you show us biblically from God's word that there were people who followed the Lord? Sure I can. Because listen, take God's word out of the equation and we are sinking. Because there's no rock like the rock Christ Jesus. Amen. Over the weekend, I've been listening to Whitney Houston, and I took Joshua over to Gainesville to watch a regional game yesterday for two innings. That was enough, because the game was over in the first. Hello? Six to nothing in the first inning. I said, hey, Josh, are you hungry? Let's do one more inning. One more inning. But as we were going over, he said, I know you like Whitney Houston. Let's listen to some of her songs. And here's one that I pulled up. Are you ready? I go to the rock. There's only one rock. You ought to Google it and listen to it. I go to the rock. Mm -hmm. That the builders rejected. Ladies and gentlemen, do you all understand that Jesus was born a Jew and they rejected him? Rejection is a part of following Christ. See, we, our teenagers don't want to hear that. That's counterculture. If you're really following Jesus Christ, you're living differently. Oh, glory to God. So we played it, and Josh kind of got into it, and he said, well, what about some more songs from the, from the bodyguard? Isn't there kind of one that doesn't have all that? I said, okay, Josh, we'll do one of those too. And I found a spiritual principle in one of the love songs, and I, I paused it on the radio. He said, I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to do, Dad. You're going to bring a spiritual principle to that love song. I said, absolutely, son. Why? Because I'm teaching and I'm training Joshua to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Not after his daddy, not after the legacy of his family, but Joshua Kenneth, follow hard after God. Come on, church. So here they are. Let's, let's capture these because I'm excited about these gentlemen who lived counterculture. In Ruth, chapter 1, verse 16, you remember the story. Here's the scripture. And Ruth said, do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. Listen. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. The gentleman, Pastor Tom who married Robin and I from First Assembly of God in Carolina, he asked me one very important question. And oh, by the way, we went to dual counseling. I, I, again, I, I'm just trying to help here. <laughs> we took counseling not only at the pastoral level, 
but also out in the community, we went to another individual because we wanted to get it right. But this is what he said. It's in Ruth, please. Listen to what he said. You ready? I'll never forget it. He said, uh, Dennis, I want to ask you a question. He said, uh, will you love her people like you love her? If the answer is no, then the answer is no, I'm not going to marry you. I don't mean Tom was going to marry me. He wasn't going to marry Robin and I. That was in Ruth chapter 1. It's counterculture. Ruth said, not only am I going to follow your God, but your people will be my people. Who are you hanging out with? Who are you hanging out with right now? Show me your friends, and I can show you your future. <laughs> Man, I told him yes, because I, I, mean, I found out I had a lot to learn about, hello. She's not here today. Man, I love her people. I love her family. But I love her even more. But you talk about a steady person who's consistent and knows how to just keep moving forward. Well, that comes from her home life. Joshua chapter 22, verse 29. What are we talking about this morning as we come to the close? We're talking about countercultural living, being able to live like Christ wants you to, and following him when you have no clue what he's doing. I, I, listen, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. When people come to me and start talking about how much they all know what God's doing, I shut that off. I'll stand respectfully, but I'm done. Because the Bible says his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We're not God. He's God. Bow to the name of Jesus. Whew. Number two, Joshua 22, 29. Far be it from us that we should rebel against the Lord. <laughs> the picture of my teenage years. I didn't follow Christ because I was a rebel. That we should rebel against the Lord and turn away this day from following the Lord. Are you going to walk out of here and turn? Away? Mm. Number three. 2 Chronicles 34, 33. And Josiah took away all the... You want to get people ticked off? Start removing their idols. <laughs> Listen to it. Second Chronicles 34, 33. And Josiah took away all the abominations from all the territory that belonged to the people of Israel and made all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. All his days they did not turn away from following the Lord their God, nor of their fathers. One of the last things I said to my earthly dad is this. I will never turn my back on the God you know. I caused enough grief in the heart of my parents. I wonder if our teenagers are going to wake up today. I don't mean they're sleeping right now. I'm saying spiritually, intellectually. Stop creating pain for your parents. Stop rebelling against the truth. Two verses, and then I've got, oh, I can't hardly wait. It's going to be fun. Here we go. And again, this is, please don't go, man, Pastor B, what, what happened? He didn't know that I was going to put these together. This came after I sent everything to him. Why, why are you telling us? Don't stop being a student. When God gives you something, look for more. Because there's more. Whew. John 10, 4, when he has brought us out, 
He goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. I want you to follow the voice of the Lord. Not the voice of a pastor. Follow his voice. Get to know him and follow his voice. And when he gives you instructions and everybody else comes in to tell you something opposite, go with him. <laughs> That's called counter. Hello, church. John chapter 8, verse 12, last verse. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. I just got to tell you, Jesus Christ is not a liar. Let me help you here. Just because we're older, we haven't lost our minds, young people. When I stopped following the Lord as a teenager, I started walking into darkness. That's exactly what Jesus said. When we stop following him, I don't care if all the lights are on and it's daytime, you're still walking in darkness. All right. Well, I never uh, played, definitely didn't play, nor did I ever get to coach at this level, but let me give you some countercultural Christians. Ready? Mark Rick. Played football for the Miami Hurricanes. He's back as a coach. I was talking to Coach O'Neill, who's now moving south. And he said he got to know Mark in the recruiting process of athletes where he was the head coach. And he said, I got to tell you, Dennis, he said he is legit. And he actually developed, he told me, a program at the University of Georgia for athletes on mentoring them so that they could be strong in their convictions, and in their constitution. Can I just throw this out real quick? We're almost done. Ready? The constitution of the United States will never be broken as long as we don't let our personal constitutions be broken. You think about that. You think about that. Here's another one. Charlie Ward. Go ahead for all the Florida State people. I don't know why I chose him. I, I knew you were going to be here this morning. Charlie Ward loves God. And, and listen, when things didn't work out for him in the NFL, he just went to the NBA. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, God has a plan. Follow him. Follow him. Next, this is going to make all the Gators happy. Danny Warfel. Danny Warfel. Young man who loved God, played at the highest level at the University of Florida, and when things didn't really work out for him at the NFL, he just started creating programs to help kids. Oh, and by the way, I mean, it's no big deal. The chance I had to be able to speak at the University of Florida for their FCA, he was there, and he's legit. Why? How can you say that? Because when you meet someone, you know if they're real or not. And Danny was real that afternoon. There's another example of a counter-cultural Christian. And of course, all of you are waiting for this one. But thank God he had a great coach. Come on, smile. Tim Tebow. Come on, give a big run. Yes, uh-huh. Can you imagine winning two national championships? With a Buckeye coach, I had to help you out a little bit there. But, no, it's about Tim Tebow. Listen, 
Urban Meyer, in one of his books, and I have this book called Above the Line, he talks about the impact that this student athlete had upon his life. That Tim had upon Urban Meyer. Because he was consistent, he was faithful, and he didn't buy in to the culture. And all you got to do is go over there. That's a whole nother world at UF. Do you all realize what was available to him? And he said no because he had said yes. We honor you this morning, Tim Tebow. All right, now I get to measure and see how well you really clap. You know I'm not going to leave out a Buckeye. The one and only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. I'm not going to talk about Ohio State. I'm going to talk about Archie Griffin. Two Heisman Trophies. Number 45 was a target on the football field. But see, some don't realize that these analogies can be switched. If you are a countercultural Christian, your number is going to be seen every day by someone who's coming to hit you head on. Come on, church. Come on, church. Right there it is. Everybody knew who was going to get the football back in the day with Woody Hayes. It was going to be Archie. Just look for number 45 and drilling. But what did he do? He did this. In 38 games, he rushed for over 100 yards per game. That means even when he was being targeted, he kept his head down, his mouth shut, and he just kept carrying the rock. Oh, transition, transition. I had said one thing about Ohio State. Transition. If you are born again, you have the rock on the inside. Keep your head down and just keep going forward. God has you. God has you. So this morning, we're living in a world that needs to see counter-Christians speaking up, standing up, not running, not hiding, but are willing to say, though I don't understand, let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm following Jesus. Following Jesus. This morning, my invitation is this. Not to see a crowded altar area. My desire is to see streets, highways, facilities, businesses, schools filled with Christians who encounter the culture and call for change. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.